My natural environment is live tweeting the Tonys. Mm-hmm. That's like when I'm at my peak as a person. Like, uh-huh. it's just, do you it's feel just... like, like powerful? <laughs> I do. I get so you many like, more like up? likes and stuff than usual. It's great. It's um... not from us because every tweet I was just no. like, "What's going on? I don't understand any of this." <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, mean, I know it's geared most towards... of these names, and yet still, it's just like, right. what? Sure. I mean, you gotta watch the show to follow along. Yeah. I mean, yeah. God. Always, always, always nostalgic for the Sound of Music Live, live tweeting night. Just the greatest night in mm. American history. Um, uh, yeah, it, it was a good show. Uh, I saw, I've seen some of the winners, which is always exciting. Cullen, Same. me too. Me too. Uh, we saw the Lehman Trilogy. Yeah, Jesse also. I saw yes, the uh, big winner. The big ol' wiener. Well, J- Cullen and I also saw a big ol' wiener as well. Did that win? Uh, hey, man. Best, best play. play. Okay, so between between us, we've got both of the big winners covered. Which one did yes, you see? And I saw Strange a... Loop. It was here. Oh, sure, sure. She saw it out. Yeah, it was like yeah. the same. I, I think it was like the whole same cast. It was right before yeah. it transferred to Broadway. Because they were going to do it summer of 2020. Uh, and then that right. didn't happen, so they were just like, let's right. get it in before they go to Broadway. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Uh, I don't know. 2020 didn't they, work out? Or... They, they yeah. just had to, like, pause. They they weren't able to do summer programming that year or right. something. Yeah. I, I don't remember why. Um, yeah. I, I And, you know, Colin and I saw Lehman Trilogy together, famously. Mm-hmm. So famously. I was, like, DMing him. Every time it won something last night. That's true. How how many awards <laughs> did the Lehman trilogy win? Get Simon Russell Beale. Four or five. Yeah, Simon Russell Beale, Sam, Sam Mendes, uh, best play, and then I think it won set and lighting. As I think it was. Five I mean, it's a crazy set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cullen came up with a very fun bit where he kept asking me if, if anyone thanked him personally. Well, yeah, I was um, there. <laughs> yeah. I'm the magic touch at one best play. Yeah, yeah but uh, Simon Russell Beale did thank the audience, okay. but not uh, Cullen Bynum. So, close. Yeah. Close. 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 I mean, I won't count it, and I am mad, but it is close. <laughs> um, but now they're making it a TV show, which doesn't make right, any that's sense true. at all. I mean, well, I, like, I wonder how much they are just adapting the book into a TV show because sure. the property is hot right now. Uh, then but do like, that. But like, I don't know. It's the company that did um, Young Pope and The New Pope and then also uh, the uh, Elena Ferrante TV series, uh, My Brilliant Friend. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like a full Italian production. Those shows just came out and I do Truly. not know a single person who watched them. Those Elena Ferrante I feel like shows. they were like cult sensations, the Popes. Well, no, no, the the, the, no, the, the, no, the oh, the Ferrantes, the Ferrantes are just like, well, because yeah. those are, I mean, the... in <coughs> Italian. Yes. Yeah. There's a barrier to entry, but the yeah. bookworms love it. I'm sure. I watched the first two episodes. I read the first book in pre- preparation for the first season, and then like watched it two episodes, and then fell off. But it was good. It was like well done. Sure. Yeah, Alicia Warwalker. I feel like directed several episodes across seasons. Sure. 
Welcome to yeah. Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Gramuga. Colin Edgley. Emilio Diaz. Alright, that was great. No one will ever hear the first cold open. Uh, we don't even, why are you referencing it? <laughs> I feel like people should know that there was if you one donate they won't hear. Yeah, give a certain number. amount on coffee. What do we want to say? $50? We'll, we'll, talk, we'll, 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 we'll mention it at the end. We'll mention it at the end. Okay. Just keep that in the back pocket. Yeah, you, 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 keep, yeah. you, keep, you keep sending the money and we'll tell you when it's all right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think there's maybe a specific number but where we'll release it. But, uh, okay. Um... So yeah, we're back, uh, we've got some news, and then we're doing our, our second Listener's Choice episode. We're going to be Speaking talking of about donating yeah. money to us, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Uh, we're going to be talking about Le Ceremony, the 1995 Venice competition entry by Claude Chabrol. Uh, but before we get to that, just some stuff. Uh, Decision to Leave, coming out October 14th. Uh, in theaters. Yeah. In yeah. It it is a movie release, but they've put. I'm I'm unclear because there is stuff that is gone straight to movie, but I feel like they usually don't like right. advertise those as like this is an acquisition. It just like pops up. Maybe yeah. Like I'm, like I'm the, sure. the Deplachen yeah. last month that happened too. But I feel like I like when they put out the Deplachen, I feel like they said like and some of these movies that we've just put on our website have then like later got separate theatrical distribution. So like I think the movies that are like the movies that are like mainline movie releases, they try to get all yeah. of those into theaters. Uh I'm trying to think. I'm. I don't know if any of them have like played near me. Is the thing that I'm thinking about right now. Um, I also, yeah, I also I always get confused because they have a. They distribute a lot of movies like just in the UK. So I, yeah. I'm oh, like, there's a I, bunch are, of stuff that yeah. There or like there'll be stuff where like it. We're only releasing it in Latin America and Turkey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the, they've like, they've sort of released stuff here. I think. Um. But I assume decision to leave is like them being like we're we're moving up right. into we're, the big we're a big time. dog now, baby. Yeah, and so and like October fourteenth is like yep, that sounds exactly right. My memory is that the Handmaiden came out on October sixteenth. Um, wow, is that true? Wow, it's either it's either the sixteenth or the twenty third. I do vividly like remember what the what the like Fridays were during the fall that year. Sure. Uh like I feel like I think L came out on November eleventh. Sure. I remember seeing L in the theater mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so it says US and UK theaters yeah. October fourteenth. Streaming in the US, Canada, UK, Ireland, Turkey, and India later this year. So it will be on wow. we'll be by streaming the by the end of the year. Okay. That Those makes theatrical sense. windows get shorter and shorter. I mean they do. Um, yeah, yeah. And Tom yeah. Cruise, the only one keeping them wide these days. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, like, the 14th also just, like, makes sense because, like, that leaves the time. And, and these friggin' <laughs> Tobias Fionke ass. Yeah, he needs to be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Truly <laughs> repugnant. <laughs> the way Andy said keeping them wide and then 
cheesed the at look us of for a minute on Emilio's face. <laughs> it was it was so strong. It was so. I feel I just, such I shame. I just couldn't believe it was gonna go uncommented on. <laughs> Well, no, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess will it do TIFF? I assume, I assume it, will. it will do TIFF and uh, New York. New York, maybe, yeah. Talia ride, maybe. May- maybe. It could. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not like an. Un- I, my guess is the handmaid didn't, but. It could, yeah. certainly. Um, Who knows? Talia ride is just like what can movies they take is like generally a little like. Uh, yeah, hard to predict. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then yeah, uh, Aki Kurismaki is directing a new movie. Um, it's called Dead Leaves. There's no, it. The, the, I think the the article just the Variety article just says sometime next year. Uh, his last movie was at Berlin. I think he maybe won Best Director. Um, but he's had movies that can and probably venice too um so you know kind of any of those are in play i'd imagine um i he he did have a quote about the film that i thought was uh a nice quote he said tragic comedy seems to be my genre i like to return to the themes of my youth and talk about the little man's struggle against the faceless machine and himself all the while not forgetting about the humor There'll be some chuckles in this one. There'll be yeah, some, they'll, you'll get like, a you'll get a mercy laugh. I mean, you know, he's like a he's like a dry comedy Nordic guy, like not not the same as Roy Anderson, but kind of the same as Roy Anderson. Um, uh, Fid Marseille is a festival that I think I've mentioned a few times that is coming up. Uh, I think it's like the first or second week of July that I just kind of want to put on people's radar and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh, after it's happened. Like, it seems like it's functioned really well as, like, a Discovery Festival. Even, like, some of those Discovery titles still have not really made their way out beyond, like, a couple other festivals from last year. Uh, But the two, like, notable things... Uh, in their competition lineup are, uh, there's a new Lav Diaz movie, who his movies have seemingly struggled to find a place lately, uh, so I'm not surprised that, like, he's going to, like, a sort of up-and-coming festival, that makes sense for him, and also, like, for them, kind of signals, like, oh, maybe we can kind of start moving into the space that Locarno has been in. Uh, lately, uh, this is a, a seven-hour-long movie, so one of the big, big dog ones, uh, that'll put out every once in a while. Uh, and then there's a movie that's co-directed by, uh, Sophia Badanowicz, uh, Blake Williams, and Barack Chevik, uh, all of whom are experimental filmmakers that, uh, mainly work in shorts, um... Uh, Badanowicz has worked with, uh, the star, Dara Campbell, a lot, and it sounds like this is kind of, like, of the, like, project that the two of them have sort of been involved with. I I think the plot, like, uh, it sounds like Blake Williams and Barack Chevik are also, like, 
in the movie as filmmakers who Derek Campbell's character is corresponding with. So I don't know if it's kind of like a... My my guess is it's maybe like kind of like a metafiction take on those like um, uh, correspondence films between filmmakers that you'll sometimes get. Uh, Blake Blake Williams is a filmmaker who works mostly in three D, and so it sounds like there are three D elements to the film. Uh, so it'll make it hard to get proper distribution, I guess, but. That seems like something that, if it is at a festival, you'll probably get a chance to see something in 3D. So it's a cool thing to look out for. I, I hope it'll be at TIFF if I'm there. Blake Williams is a, a Toronto filmmaker, so it would make some sense. Um, and then we've got, at Sundance, um, there's, there was, this happened, like, right after we finished recording last week, this art, or maybe even as we were recording, this article came out that, uh, Tabitha Jackson, uh, their, uh, director is leaving with no real explanation, um, she hadn't been there very long, uh, I think she had maybe been at the festival a little longer, uh, but she'd only had that position, I think, for the two pandemic years. Um, yeah. and so it's just, uh, there, there's no, like, reason, like, Eric Cohn in his write-up says that there had been rumors of internal discord, um, that makes sense just in terms of, like, they've been a little more, I feel like even by this point next, last year, they were being pretty clear about, like, and next year, there we hope to have an in-person event, but also everything will be available online. This year, they're not being as clear, so I wouldn't be surprised if, like, there is some, there are some people at the festival who are like, this is really good, we can get everything out. There are some people who are like, no, we should have more in-person only for, you know, it probably have less access bigger stuff and also just is more exclusive whether that's good or bad and I think there's like I think there's interesting arguments on both of those sides um I don't necessarily uh have uh, as much as like I prefer going to in-person festivals I think there is totally a utility to having uh these to having digital festivals and I think it makes some sense for something that is mostly a discovery festival uh right. where nothing's it like does, yeah, where like most of the sense. stuff isn't coming in with distribution uh but like mm -hmm, as right. I said like I think at a minimum there they will do something like what TIFF did last year where like even if most of it is online I'd imagine there will be like a subset of the premiere section that they're like this is the big stuff that maybe already has distributors that will draw some attention but like it's only going to be in person uh like stuff like you know in the past they've obviously had like Kenneth Lonergan or Luca Guadagnino or Kelly Reichert like people like that um and so yeah just like I don't know like I think when we heard that this had happened a week ago we were like oh that's really weird maybe something more will come out and it hasn't which is probably fine like uh, no. she seems uh, she is I think I've heard like support from her from like filmmakers it seems like she 
at least in some ways was like good at that job so it seems like it's just like hopefully she finds somewhere else to go hopefully Sundance finds someone else who will be successful in that role uh Joanna Vicente who came over from TIFF last year is their CEO now and it sounds like is gonna lead the search um so I don't know I mean I assume we'll have a new person in that role relatively soon maybe it's one of us Maybe I, I'm I'm open to doing maybe. it. I won't. I'll say right now I'm gonna reject it if they offer it to me. Too much pressure. No, I'll do it. Colin, sure. um, I'll even. C- Colin, yeah. you get to watch so much, so many movies. So too early too. Pressure. Too like much before, pressure. Before, before, before anyone. Too much pressure. <laughs> what if I pick the wrong one? Uh, it'll be like that movie was bad. <laughs> yeah, yes, sounds, bad. seems like they picked the wrong ones very often yeah. every year mm-hmm. yeah Sundance is you know there's a bunch of bad movies at Sundance as long as there's some good no, I, ones I, I guess, feel like I don't know I guess it's like who knows what they get submitted maybe they always pick the best movie that are available and they just get yeah. a lot of stickers I but, uh, I kind <laughs> of imagine not but maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah I am firmly of the belief that every film festival should have a lot of bad movies playing. That like that's like you're not doing your job. A lot is maybe a, a good number of bad. Movies. <laughs> this feels like a crazy can of worms. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I don't. I mean, know. well, then yeah, we get to like what is a good movie that. versus a bad movie or whatever. But sure, like, yeah, we need to have that discussion right now. Um, uh, yeah. You should be taking swings, I think, is what Andy is trying to communicate. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I agree with that. I think, I also think that uh, you should be able to build some trust amongst your audience, which I think I get the impression Sundance has done. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, they're not hurting for people to come see Sundance movies, I don't think. Yeah, it's maybe more important at a lower profile festival that, like, people can feel confident, like, oh, if they've selected this movie, they think it's worth seeing. Rather sure. than just, like, oh, there's, like, a famous person. You know, sometimes as an audience, you just want a famous person who will show up. But, right. You know. Yeah. There's lots of press. Um, lots of. Lots of pressures in different directions. Um, yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, the last uh, news item, quote-unquote, it's just, like, a thing that uh, I've been doing for uh, a little bit that just, like, hasn't fit into an episode because I don't want to take up... Uh, I don't want to take up too much time, but it's just, like, a thing that I didn't want to just, like, throw in when there's a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Is, uh... Uh, while I was taking a break in the spring, I was doing, like, a spreadsheet where I was kind of, like, keeping up to date on, uh, can predictions, uh, that you might have seen, because I was tweeting about it, um, and when can ended, I was like, you know what, I think there's enough to do this on Venice, uh, so, I don't know, I, I maybe will keep up this kind of calendar of, like, when Berlin happens, I'll start a Cannes spreadsheet. When Cannes happens, I'll start a Venice spreadsheet. I don't know what a Berlin spreadsheet would look like. That's much more unpredictable. Yeah, really that, yeah that's tone, always, yeah. like, half of the movies you, I've never heard of, even, like, 24 hours before it's announced. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, this... I, this Venice is going to be interesting. There's, like, a lot of 
uh, English language stuff that is, like, high-profile, that's potentially in play. I think there's, yeah. like, already been stuff that, like, could be in play that already isn't, like... Uh, Paul Schrader will definitely, almost definitely be there, but will not be in competition because he's winning an honorary Golden Lion. Oh. Uh... Maybe he'll win an honorary Golden Lion and then a real one. They, like how they he puts can't, his own they, movie. They, they have it as like, a rule that you cannot be in competition if you're receiving listen, the honorary Golden Lion. Like it would they, be fitting for the man who puts his own movie that the number one of his top that's ten. That's true. It would be. I think the last time the the last time I know that they did that was they gave Lynch an honorary uh, Golden Lion the year the Inland Empire came out, and they. They didn't put that com- in competition, so I've heard that that's just their rule. Um, and like, I, in terms of like big stuff coming in the fall, um, I would imagine Scorsese and Spielberg are also pretty unlikely to be there, both because they might want more time and just because like, uh, if they on the on the off chance they are there, I'd imagine they are just directors who seem like they're no longer really interested in being in a competition, which is fine. So maybe out of competition, but and then like Coward. also there have been like uh, I I also was like wondering like it seemed it seemed like maybe time that the Jonathan Glazer movie, which I don't even know if that's in English, no one knows anything about it. I was wondering if that was going to be done because it seems like he started that a while ago but there hasn't it hasn't been like in any of the like rumor articles so uh his last two movies have premiered in venice competition but uh, who knows maybe it just won't pop up until next venice um and then, like, yeah, like, it's unclear what the, it's unclear what's going on with the Wes Anderson, um, he, that, it doesn't have distribution. Right. I think when it was announced, there was an assumption that it just was also Searchlight. Another Searchlight, mm-hmm. But right. it isn't. Uh, and so, like, maybe Netflix will just buy it because they have the doll movie, or maybe he's just Grasshopper, I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would that be insane? <laughs> That'd be really funny if the Tom Hanks uh, Wes Anderson movie was picked up by Grasshopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a Tubi original. Tubi original. Yeah, Tubi original. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms Free of like big, in terms of like big stuff that probably will be there, um, Variety did put out an article uh, mainly about like what they think Netflix has submitted, which is like the big things that I would imagine will just get in. Other than Blonde. maybe Blonde, like at this point, yeah. Blonde could, anything could happen to it, and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I just want to see it. <laughs> yeah, like right, it give was, it to me. You'll it, get to see it. Like there were, I I had heard that maybe Blonde was submitted last year. Um, but it may have just, like, been pulled out. I don't know. I don't know. Blonde, Blonde seems like a movie that you might not... It, like, that. that's... It's, like... It, its release has been so weird. It seems yeah. to have been done for so long. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'll come out um, <laughs> It seems like it. He seems more confident than he seemed a year ago. And then the other, yeah. the other. He's just I saying. Mean, it's only for no other though. reason that now, like Netflix wants to wash its hands of all the right. fancy directors yeah. now, right? Like they're right. away yeah. from all that. Like though, I mean, <laughs> speaking of, it is weird that like that came out like less than a month after they p- 
paid a bunch of money and were like, we're gonna give our biggest theatrical release ever to this Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu movie, which is another one that is expected to be at Venice. Uh, and then the bomb box, which, like, we need to talk about what's the, like, weird whisper campaign happening there, because I don't think it... I've, I've heard it's very overblown. No. Um, but sure. uh, White Noise seems like it will probably also be there. Uh, and then the other one that they mentioned is uh, the Romain Gavris movie, uh, who he... Yeah. His last movie was, like, in director's Fortnite. And I think I just like yeah. it. Just like that was also I don't Netflix didn't produce it, but they bought it eventually. I but think yeah, they dropped. Yeah. And I like watched half of it and was like, this is kind of nothing. Um, I was kind of into it when it came out, but then I watched his other movie, Our Day Will Come, or something like that. Yeah. Um, he kind of just sucks. He's kind of <laughs> just like a troll. I don't know. Sure. Maybe this one will be good. Maybe. I liked his MIA video back in the day, but. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, you know, there is just, like, the festival thing where, like, Netflix could be, like, if you want these other three movies, take this Romain Gavris movie, too. <laughs> and, like, who knows what would happen there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, there are other, like, French movies that might be better. Like, it, the, I feel like Rebecca Zlotowski's movie, which is uh, Virginia Fira, is in it. That was, like, people were saying, like, oh, maybe it'll be it can and then it seems like venice maybe swooped in and got it so i'd imagine that'll be in competition though her last venice movie was a special screening um with natalie portman and lily rose's death and then it sounds like the uh christophe honore movie that uh juliette binoche is in i think that has like an october release date in france uh, and then, yeah, like, there's, a, like, uh, Luca Guadagnino is gonna be the big French, uh, Italian, sorry, the biggest Italian director, but there's the, uh, Emmanuel <laughs> Crioles movie that Penelope Cruz is in that was also, like, uh-oh, this is gonna be at Cannes, and then all of a sudden it wasn't, people were like, I guess Venice took it. Um, and there's other, like, uh, Paolo Verzi has had successful movies, um, and then, yeah, um, Chazelle, I, like, just kind of wonder, because it's a Christmas movie, if they want it out that early, but his last two movies have opened Venice. Um, is that going to be done? I it's done. Like it's, it's like, I heard it screened, like, a month ago, and people thought um, it was great. Um, I mean, and then, like, the the Twitter account for it was, like, something soon, like, just tweeted out something mm. soon or something like that. Okay. Uh, and then, like, Lanthimos also. Sure, That's another yeah. one that it's, like, not totally clear what's going on with it. Because um, he also had that short, right? Yeah. Um, uh, Sarah Polly is someone who both would make sense there and also would make sense at TIFF since she's from Toronto. Yeah. Um, the Todd Field movie with uh, Kate Blanchett and Nina Haas and Noemi Merlant would make a bunch of stuff. Uh, we mentioned the Jafar Panahi movie a, a few weeks ago, uh, that sounds like it is pretty much done. What do you think about our boy, I'm trying to remember his name, Ira Sachs, where's that movie? Yeah, he, like, 
would make sense, and also, like, because there's so many options, it's easy to see him kind of just, like, getting pushed out, and, like, yeah, that movie, like, could premiere at Telluride, I don't know if it's a good idea, but it kind of has that vibe a little bit, um, like, Joanna Hogg's, like, another, like, could make sense there, she was on the jury at Venice a couple years ago, also easy to see maybe get pushed out by higher profile stuff uh another one that like i i just i think is probably just a matter of is it gonna be done in time is i think the sam mendes movie finished shooting pretty recently but he was the president of the jury I want to say in, like, 2016 or 17, because his jury were the ones that gave the Golden Lion to Lav Diaz. Um, but wow. if it is done, it would make a lot of sense there with Olivia Coleman, and Colin Firth. Um, yeah. Martin McDonough, his last movie was there. Who knows how people are going to feel He's about this new one. Tony win. Is he? Sure. That, yeah. uh, that makes sense. Hangman, uh... It popped up. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a bunch oh, of no. stuff. Mendez, oh, no. Mendez, I thought you were saying. Oh, Mendez. I also said McDonough. I moved on. I see. Uh, who yeah. did have a movie. Sam Mendez wanted yeah. to. Yeah. yeah. Martin McDonough did have a movie, a, a play he, on He Broadway. did have a play yeah. that did not win sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Yes. I don't think 1917 premiered at Venice, though. <laughs> No, that was like, that one was, no. I mean, that was like maybe what'll happen to this is it just like was very late. Uh, sure, right. sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, there's the new Abel Ferrara movie that I wonder if they'd take because apparently it is, uh, apparently the, like, person it is about is, like, very, very, is, like, a very famous and respected Italian saint. Uh, the person yeah. playing that famous, respected Italian saint is Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Uh, on a similar, oh, no. on a similar <laughs> note, there is, like, they took Roman Polanski's last movie. Uh, it sounds like he's going to have another one done. Um, LaBeouf was there with Pieces of a Woman two years ago. Yeah. That was... I feel like that was a little before, before that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a little before, for sure. And so, yeah. I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff. Maybe we'll mention more stuff in the coming weeks as stuff kind of shifts around. Uh, but also, you can just look at this spreadsheet i've tweeted it we'll put it in the show notes uh and i usually like i usually like update it whenever i feel like it and kind of like lock in a version of it once a week or so uh just so you can see how it's shifted absolutely yeah thanks for putting that that together jesse it's always interesting to yeah you're welcome i i enjoy doing it and speaking of venice yeah the oh movie we're talking about uh, premiered at Venice in 1995. Uh, Isabelle Huppert and Sandrine Bonaire won Best Actress. Uh, they tied with a woman whose name I should remember because it's a very distinctive name. Uh, her last name's Ferrari. I remember that. Uh, oh, Isabella Ferrari yep. for mm-hmm. Romanzo di Un Giovanni Povero. Thank you, Colin. 
uh, know nothing about or her or that movie or that director. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's a pretty... There's like... As we look at like a lot of these sort of older... Yeah festivals it's like i don't know many of these movies yeah or like, like the other ones i'm like oh there's like this guy there like i think the italian you know italian yeah. movies at venice french movies it can it's like there's always ones where like you might not know who that is like two years later or a month yeah. later uh but like you know like kenneth Branagh. Spike Lee has clockers yeah there's a kenneth Branagh. is the crossing yeah, guard sean penn's debut as a director, I don't know if it's his debut. It is his. It is a movie he made. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's an early he was a can guy. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an early uh, early Coreda. Yeah, Maburushi, which I feel like I've heard. Is um, um. And then Joao uh, Cesar Monteiro is like a guy. Uh, I've seen one of his yeah. movies that I like, but he is just like a weird European auteur who just, like, made kind of gross, weird movies that are interesting is my impression. And then uh, On Hung Tran's Cyclo won the Golden Lion. Right. Um, and then for the jury, uh, we've got Abbas Kiristami's on there, Mario, uh, Mario Martone, mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre Jeanette, uh, the president or the head of the jury as it's listed on uh-huh. uh Wikipedia is Jorge Semprun. Uh-huh. A Spanish um, writer and politician. Yeah. Uh, oh, who did also work in film. He co-wrote uh, Z, the Costa Gavras Okay, movie. yeah. That makes more sense. Uh, though they, you know, they have writers sometimes, but I would imagine he is more famous as a writer than as a screenwriter, but it makes sense that, like, if you would have a writer who's not, like, super, super famous that they'd also have a film yeah. connection. Um, oh, Margaret yeah. Von Trotta is, was on the jury who I remember because I believe she was the third platform juror the first time we went to TIFF along oh. with Bellatar and Li Chang Dong. Yeah. I guess she likes juries. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Jury duty. I La ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, La ceremony. Colin, you said you wanted a background background. Yeah, on there's that. a little yeah. bit about yeah. Chabrol. Sure. There's this Jonathan Rosenbaum piece about uh La Ceremony from the Chicago Reader that you can read on his website mm-hmm. uh that he republished when Chabrol died. Mm. Um and he talks about like th- how he like came up in like the Calle de Cinema group and like met Truffaut when he was like very young at like eight uh, it says at the age of 17 they met at like a screening of rope um and he was just like <coughs> excuse me he was just one of those like Calle's guys with like uh Romare and yeah. Truffaut and Godard just yeah uh, and he apparently he would write a lot under pen names <laughs> not under his own name and then he just started making these crime movies and like the late 50s and Rosenbaum goes through like talking about like his best periods of his movies because he had made like 30 at the time that uh or like 40 even at this uh at the time that uh La Ceremony came out and it was like his early ones are like Le Beau Serge and Lake Cousin and then he also did the original um 
Unfaithful, the Adrian Lyne movie is based oh. on. I think it's just called An Unfaithful Woman. Uh, La Femme Infidel. Um, so he he just makes these crime movies, and uh-huh. then he's like talking about there's like a period of like 68 to 1970 that he made a lot of movies that are also good, and then he's like, but this is like the best one in <laughs> decades, <laughs> and talks sure. about uh talks about it a lot, but. I mean, what do we want to say? I mean, the other, in terms, a little Love more ceremony. about the other thing is that it is, this is based on a book, um, yeah. a British novel that I think had been adapted into a British movie that I, I know nothing about, but I, the, the writer was like, the Chabrol one is the good one. Um, yeah. Uh, Ruth Rendell's A Judgment yeah. in Stone. And there's also a That's play a, called The Maids or something. Uh, Hmm. <coughs> right. it, um... and it's like isn't there something like it? it's on Criterion right now under like a crime collection and I think like that other film adaptation is like also in that same okay. collection okay. right now I think um, this is a similar thing to when we talked about uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa's Seance so that was based on a book that there was an earlier adaptation of as well mm-hmm. but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah La Ceremony yeah, I mean, my... It's, I think it's really great. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I need to, I guess, figure out how I feel about it over the next, like, half hour. Um, I mean, it's, like, interesting thinking of Chabrol as, like, he's one of the French New Wave directors who, like, I know mm-hmm. is one of the big ones who I hadn't seen anything by. Yeah. And I feel like my impression of him has always been, like, he was the normal one. And I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if this movie like substantiates that or not. Like in many ways, it like, kind of is like it's based on just like, a pretty popular book. It's got like a, like almost like, airplane air, airport thrillery vibe. Um, it's like a movie that like you can imagine just like people going to see like normal people and being like oh yeah that was good but there is like i don't know it's it is it's it a certainly has a very movie. interesting point of view yeah uh, yeah um i mean that's like yeah in in the rosenbaum piece he talks about how he's like the most neglected filmmaker of the french new wave sure. even though he's the most prolific mm-hmm. um and he does sort of make like I've not I've only seen this one, but like mm-hmm. what I can glean from Unfaithful and like the sort of vibe of this, he just makes these sort of crime movies, right? And like um, Unfaithful is like uh, the sort of machinations of that are like not similar to this, but it is just like the the violence in it, especially like I mean in the line version um, is surprising in a way. And then this, I feel like, I feel like there's such like a sinister tone throughout mm-hmm. that is like obviously something bad is gonna happen, um, and then when it does, it's so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's do we want to get into what the movie is? Right, what it's about. Really sure. I mean, like, I feel like I think I was like looking at Wikipedia, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It just described it. the book. I think is like. It's about uh, a young maid, an illiterate maid who meets a mercurial postmistress and they become friends and there are disastrous results. And it's like, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Right. And I mean, yeah, 
Well, and like that's like the crime happens at the very end. Yeah, and, like is yeah. like it, it takes. It's mostly just like about this this you know the this domestic worker like yeah figuring out how to like adapt to this family and like mm-hmm. also like you hi- discover her yeah. like illiteracy and how yeah. to hide that uh-huh. like from yeah. them yeah and, like. Uh, there's like three or four instances where it like presents like a real big problem for it and you see her like uh-huh. how she tries to get out of yep. that like um and but and then yeah at the same time she like develops this friendship you know Isabel who I mean yeah I was gonna say like, like of of the way I described it befriends is the word where I'm like that's maybe not the word for exactly what's going on um yeah, it's it's but like so the movie, have an interesting relationship. yeah, the movie like doesn't do much to like clarify their relationship, the nature of their relationship. Yeah, yeah. So Isabel, you, so yeah. So you meet Isabel Huppert fairly early on. She's like yeah. the third character you meet because you meet like the the mom of the house and Jacqueline the, the main, yeah, and the main character. Uh, they like have an interview and she gets hired basically, and then like, I guess you meet the the rest of the family briefly. Right, you mean like right. the daughter and right. Yeah. And I mean, then and then uh when she goes to pick up the new maid, uh Isabel Huppert is there and is like, Can you give me a ride? Yeah. Uh, and so she she gets a ride with them to the post office. She works at the post office. Uh and you get like it's it's weird, awkward social vibes or whatever. And, yeah. and like I don't know, they're like I knew that it was a crime movie, like but I didn't mm-hmm. know really like the nature of like what was the crime when would the crime happen or anything like that so for a while it's just like is this just like a manners comedy of like people who like don't like know how to like say what they mean or what like that sort of like there's there's that is an element to a lot of it i feel like especially if you go in blind um but yeah and and Mm -hmm. then like you know they develop this relationship it's like who the the father in particular doesn't like who pair right because um, i mean he recognizes her from like there was this news story of this woman who right uh her maybe, daughter died yeah, her daughter died and she was arrested and then eventually not convicted yeah um i mean who the who pair performance is just weird because i like as the movie was starting i was like wasn't Isabel Huppert, like, 40 when this movie was made? <laughs> and, like, she is. and She does look old. Right, I mean, she looks like the she's, like, 40. And I was like, is this character... Because, yeah. like, the character seems like she's supposed to be, like, 28. Uh, I but, mean, like, she's always chewing gum. Right. But then there <laughs> right. is, like, there's, like, maybe suggestions that, like, there's some kind of stuntedness that, like, maybe was just, like, caused by her... having this child when she wasn't ready to or or by that child then dying or it but then also sometimes the movie seems to just be like this woman's crazy um yeah in a way that i just like could never totally be like i don't know what i mean it's like feels um that yeah that is the struggle it's just like i don't know to be and then like it also is not ever really clear like how the Sandrine Bonaire character of like how much is she just like going along with things or is the movie sometimes also just like also throwing up her hands and going like and she's crazy too um I don't know I I liked 
the like teasing out of Sophie's deal. Like I really, like, yeah. I liked the slow burn of like it's it's a little while before like you realize that she's illiterate. You mm-hmm. sort of like get like that that scene. I think is really good where she like brings the note back to her like book of like how to yeah. sound things out, and she like gets mm-hmm. really really frustrated. Yeah. Uh, and like and yeah, I do like I really like seeing how she like works around this problem without telling right. anyone. And, like, you know, you naturally wonder, like, how has she gotten this far, uh, you know, without being able to, to read? And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, you see it's very clear that she, like, has basically figured out how to navigate the world with, with that roadblock in front yeah. of her. It is, like, you definitely, like, wonder, like, what happened with the previous job. Because, like, at the beginning, the Bisset character does call for a reference and so you're like maybe so it's just like you wonder how that ended because she says something about like the the husband died i think and the woman was gonna go live with her son in australia and it's kind of like it's a little hard as the movie goes on it's like you think probably there's that's not entirely true but they did successfully get a reference from someone so who knows and like yeah i was like being kind of critical i i again i'm just i'm more just like not totally convinced even though there like are things it's doing like what andy was just talking about that like i think is interesting i just am like the end just like it doesn't it didn't feel like it totally got anywhere for me yeah but I don't know. I'm like a fan for like initially I was just like very into what he was doing like formally and stylistically like mm-hmm. I think it opens on that like uh the shot of like uh Bonaire walking and then you like realize it's like uh through a window. And I was just like, "Whoa." And it's just like a it's like a cool like right. s- small mm-hmm. trick. And then like he sort of like will just like pan around a lot and i like the way that it's like a very fluid camera and then um there's like these strange like cutting patterns throughout (laughs) and i was just like very like uh entranced by it and then um as like andy was saying i think um i think bonaire is like very good uh and her playing that sort of just like tight-lipped like I don't want to get myself in a situation where I like have to read and like the pressure of that I feel like is palpable and like especially as it's revealed what she ha- what is like her her thing of like not being able to read um it's like oh this is like such a crazy secret to have to hold and like maintain your job with it and then uh i think like i don't know exactly like what is happening like what's going on like but there is a sort of ambiguity to a lot of it that i'm just like i don't need to know maybe i think i can just like sort of vibe out on it and then like especially um i was like very into it and like the ending happens and I was like, that's crazy. And then, like, <laughs> the bit with the speaker, I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking crazy. And I like, just wasn't ready for it. And I, it, it was just such, like, an exciting 
finale and you just are on her face and she's just like watching it happen. I was like, this is crazy. I guess, right. I guess what doesn't sit totally well with me is that like, I wouldn't necessarily be against if it was like a thing of like, oh, there's just like all this stuff going on. And, like, she suddenly snaps. Like, that's, like, a story that, like, has been told that, that, like, could be told interestingly. I wouldn't necessarily be against a thing where it's just, like, oh, there's just, like, this shocking moment of violence because sometimes shocking moments of violence happen. The thing is just, like, I felt, like, even though I agree that, like, Benair is there is good and, like, a lot of these, like, small moments are really interesting to see her react to. I never feel yeah. like I have enough of a vibe on that character, more on, like, a script level to, like, know which one of those things it's doing. Like, I don't mind sure. the ending... I right. don't mind the ending being ambiguous on a character level. I more am just, like, that it's ambiguous just in, like, what is the movie doing here? I'm just, like, uh, it sits right. weird with me, especially just because it is, like, seemingly this, like, story of these two repressed queer women is how it mostly comes across to me, but it, like, never, yeah. it, like, it certainly never, like, it certainly doesn't do anything to, like, work against that interpretation and yeah. there's like a lot of physical right, yeah. moments between them it just like also yeah. never like clarifies that relationship makes it no. in any way yeah, yeah. and like it maybe yeah, yeah. makes sense that those characters wouldn't do that but i don't know that it does i don't know it just like yeah it i guess you there there is the one other moment of like her backstory Right, where it's like she maybe killed her dad. Right, like right, when, when she con- when she confronts Huppert about maybe having killed her daughter for the first time, Huppert's like, oh, well, I have this story from the newspaper about how your father's house burned down and they couldn't prove that you did it, but you might have, and like the same way. But then, like, also, I'm just, like, not clear, like, how much of that is just like who pair saying shit because she just like has a newspaper and uh Bonaire can't read it and so she just goes along and is like uh well, yeah I mean, they just... show the picture of her right they show there's a picture of her she was in the newspaper for some reason but like i don't know um um i, I mean that that like f- tone is like my f- both my favorite thing about the movie and also like the most like confusing like frustrating part of it of just like that scene where you call like she confronts who pair but it, it is really just like oh i know a secret about you you killed your your daughter or right. whatever it's and also then very Uber just like, nah, that didn't happen yeah uh, there's here, here, not here, a lot of weight. it's not like there's like an intense confrontation at any yeah, yeah. But then they just start, like, laughing. Yeah. very blasé about it. Yeah. Which is, is like, yeah, it's, like, kind of just very French in some ways. Sure, sure. Uh, And then, like... It's also, like, funny, because it's, like, I expect... Like, you tell, like, the the basic, like, backbone of this movie, and you sort of expect it to be this sort of, uh, you know, like, oh, this rich family, they put a bunch of pressure on this maid, and then she snaps. But instead, it's like, the movie almost goes out of its way to see how reasonable the family is at, well, like, see, every single turn. Right, yeah. And then they're yeah. just like, the, these two ladies are just, they're just, like, Uber, just right. kind of a sociopath. Yes, like, yeah. Like, I think the, yeah, the, I the mean, priest it's like, yeah, specifically called yeah. her a sociopath, I think. 
Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, the family's, like, they're pretty normal. They maybe yeah. work her a little too much. Like, the daughter's, like... I mean, there's, there's like, weird... There's, like, they they just, like, are, like, weird in, like, a normal, weird, rich people way where, like, they're sure, maybe right, a little yeah. bit too hard on her and then, like, the daughter, like, feels But if that's even just beset that. for... Yeah, this is even just beset for, like, that one scene and maybe, like, the dad sometimes. The dad, But it's, like, like every, 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 every turn the movie makes where it's, like, oh, wait till they find that she's illiterate, and it's like, they're kind of okay with it. Right. Or, the like, wait till they find out this thing about her, and then they're just kind of okay with it. He's like, it would be okay if you were illiterate. The problem is you tried to blackmail my daughter. Yeah, I mean, reasonable. Right, yeah. I might push back on, because I feel like a lot of writing that I was reading on it talks about how it's, like, a bit atypical for Shebrol to be so on the side of like this bourgeois family, right? I mean, and, I don't like, know that he is. He just doesn't. I think. Give I think the movie. I, yeah. Not I think what I don't know. What I well, don't. But what they, I don't fully get is I don't know if the movie's like being cheeky with all that stuff. I don't know if that's the movie being like a little subversive about that stuff, or if the movie's just being sort of straightforward with right. that stuff. I feel like because <laughs> there are moments where they are like very condescending, and there's like the scene where Virginie uh, led you in helps. Who pair with her engine and then just like throws the dirty napkin in yeah. her face, like not thinking about it. And it's like they are pretty normal for like a rich family. Like if you were watching it, like they're not like consistently evil, but there are these like odd moments of condescension where like she told her that she wouldn't be able to be there on the Sunday or whatever that yeah, her party that, was that on. Is like the and one she's like, she that left. Is like this the is insane. That is like and the one like, moment where it's like, yeah, that is like yeah. the one. That's like the one moment in the movie where I'm like, okay, that that's like the family are being sort of assholes or her. She was clear yeah. about like what do you, she was. Then, yeah, do. I don't think. But it's like even the scene you're talking about. It's like she helps her with her car. Like yeah, yeah, but then she throws a napkin in her face. That's not nice. That's not good. It's not good. It's just like it's a bunch of like little microaggressions where it's just like. I don't think the movie's ever taking the family's side. I just don't no, no, no. ever think the movie's really taking any side in a way that just sure. ultimately makes me go like, okay, I, it's like enter, it's like pretty compelling to watch, but by the end, I'm just like, yeah, no, but I, mean, I don't like, know. For, like I for think me, it's I, an I, interesting I, story. Until, yeah, kind I, of until the ending, which I like was like, oh, we're okay, talking like, around the ending. Also, the ending is that they like go to pick because she's been fired because she the daughter finds out that she's illiterate and then she has like just listened in on a phone conversation where the daughter, uh, who's the, the the father's daughter and Bissette's stepdaughter, I think, uh, is calling her yeah. boyfriend and is like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. And so then the daughter finds out that she's illiterate. And is, like, not in, like, uh, a, a, like, ooh, I'm gonna tell on you. Is just, like, oh, we can probably help you with this if you want help. Right. And she's just, like, no, yeah, if you tell them, I'm gonna you say can't that tell you're pregnant. Anyone, like, yeah. And so then the daughter immediately just tells her parents everything. And th- we get to that scene where, like, the dad is, like, uh, I, I don't know what to do. You blackmailed my daughter. You can't stay here, obviously. Yeah, but, and he was also, like... I mean, she was hiding that she was illiterate, so it's like he doesn't know what's going on. But he is also like, 
when he's like, you can't find this one file, and he's like, it doesn't take Einstein to find, like, right, one thing. Right, but by that point, like, he is mad at her because, like, she has befriended this woman who is clearly opening yeah. their <laughs> Who is, like, yeah. opening But she hasn't mail. come over yet. No, she has. I feel like she has, but that, I feel like that's after. No, that's, like, really? That is, like, right before they're upstairs, and the son's like, I saw her. They're, like, okay. up there watching TV together. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, it's just, like... <clears throat> I don't know. Again, I, mean, like, uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Fan, I don't think I don't know. I, the only the only way I can good, I just think it's like soft on them and like takes a bunch of points to be like they're not good, but they're not that bad. But anyway, and... so then the way that the ending goes is she goes off with Hooper. They like hang out for a bit, and then they're like, okay, we should go back and pick up your stuff. Uh, and they Hooper just like starts like breaking shit and and it goes to like the parents room and makes a big mess and then they're like playing with guns and then the father walks uh, hears that there's something going on knows it's probably sophie back to pick up her stuff and they're like playing with these guns and he's like put them down and they're like no and they shoot him yeah and then and they go kill the rest of the family well right there's like a long time where like the mom is like He's been gone for a long time. We should go check on him. And finally she gets the son to do it, and they're, like, coming in, and they also shoot the rest of the family. And it's just like... Yeah. But okay. I think part of the dynamic of that scene is, like, the daughter keep being like, oh, no, that's something. I feel like that scene is played out in a way for you to be like, oh, the problem is that they're, like, being too trusting towards these people, and that's why, and that's why they get, like, shot or whatever at the end. And also, like, the way that they respond to the killing at the end is Uper being like, oh, you know what to do, right? You, you just right. call the police yeah. and you tell them. Which seems to confirm that they had both done the bad things that they sort of accused each other of doing right. before. Which is weird. Like, it's like, the way I can re the way I can really respond, the only way I really respond to the movie is sort of like in an L way of just like, in it was just like it's interesting that you would make a movie about these two <laughs> characters who seem very sympathetic on their face and then you just work very hard to make them seem not that sympathetic. In, in like a very subversive kind of right. way. I but mean, the other like, thing is like there's the scene right before that where they're driving there that's like kind of presented as the like, here's who pairs going to tell her side of the story, but it's still like kind of unclear where like it seems like what she's saying is just like, yeah, she surprised me, and I kicked her into the furnace. And it's just like, yeah, I I guess that means she it was an accident, and she didn't do it. I, I mean, maybe I'm dumb, <laughs> but I but I, my read is that Hooper's was an accident, and Bonaire's wasn't. Maybe um, I think that kind of makes sense. I I think it. I think the read is like. But it's like it presents it as an accident. Like it doesn't. It's not like she did it intentional. But I think the movie is definitely putting like she was sort of being like careless, or she was sort of being. I, like... I think it's. I mean, I think that actually kind of makes more sense. Where that kind of plays into like she just like wasn't ready to have this child, and like unlike this daughter who now is pregnant and the parents are gonna help her out, she just like didn't have any kind of support where she could deal with it, and it just like. She didn't know how to deal yeah. with it, and eventually it went really poorly. I And I think, like, you could see the ending as, like, maybe her being, like, you know what to do doesn't mean I did the thing. It means I made this mistake, and I dealt with it wrong. Now that I've done this thing on purpose, I know how to deal with it right. I, I don't know. It's, like, it just... 
again, like, it's interesting. I don't... I mean, I, I think the movie's good. Yeah, I enjoyed I the entire... I, th- I think yeah. it, 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 it just, like, it's sitting on a weird it, feet, yeah. it's level of, like... I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. begrudge anyone just being like, oh, yeah, this is really good. It just, like, doesn't get there for me because it's so yeah. unclear. That, yeah, and then, like, I the scene where they are talking about, like... Or she's like, I know you, like, I heard that you killed your daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I heard you, like, killed your dad in this fire. Yeah. And, like, they're going back and forth. And then they, like, that just goes from them, like, whatever, like, eating um, mushrooms. Yeah. And, uh, and then they're, they, like, start laughing. And then they're just, like, hanging out. And it's just, like, you see Bonaire's, like, obviously, like, the only scenes where she's, like, outwardly comfortable is with Huppert. Mm-hmm. And that's, like a big part of their, like, the sort of seduction, I guess, angle of mm-hmm. what Huppert does, and it's just, like, she... I don't know. There's, I, there is a lot going on. It's, um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's, the, like, also an interesting angle of the movie of just, like, how much, how much is it, is it presenting her, like, journey as, like, a corruption by Uper versus just, like, she always had this kind of thing in her. And this, right. This and is like sort of an unleashing on Finds it. a kindred spirit. And, yeah, yeah. And then it, like, almost... But it, like, it, like, just feels like it, the movie it. tips it too hard into just, like, Uper's kind of a maniac and she's she sort of, like... I don't know. Sort of, like, I'm not even sure if it does do that because I feel like Cohen's right that there's maybe ways in which it's trying to be, like, or maybe it's the opposite. I, my thing really just ultimately is, like, to be, to, the, like, the fact that it's, like, kind of queer-coded, but not 100%, and then, like, the way it's, like, yeah. portraying them is in this way where they're, like, very callous and also very ch- childlike, it, like, yeah. I, I, I think all of those things that are, like, things that could be interesting and make sense if it was willing to, like, reckon with that more with more specificity and like to be doing it with the lack of specificity i'm just like which like i don't know the culture was maybe not in a place to do that in 1995 probably but like it just but even beyond their relationship i just don't have a specific enough sense of bonaire's character i I don't think i think that that is the thing yeah i mean i don't know it's, also, it's even I mean, like it's know. even like they they're like even like stealing clothes from church and they're like they're like doing a bunch of like even beyond well, that's, the, that's like, like the family that's the pair of stuff that's where it's like because at the end when they kill uh Cassell, uh like Bonaire takes a shot and is like ready to go and like knows how to work the gun like right. they talk about it and like then who pairs just like all right like this is what we're doing like yeah. I feel like it is almost like the like it flips back and forth yeah. of like uh who is like in charge or whatever yeah like, and like who pair is, is just like who's being corrupted yeah and, like, and who pair yeah. just can like roll with it because like when yeah. they are like they start uh she starts volunteering at this church with who pair where they just like filter through donations. like donations of like and like throw away like the clothes with holes in them and then like who pair like take some or whatever 
Yeah, are they are they volunteering? I thought like the implication was just like they were taking the clothes they thought was good and then they were throwing away. No, I know that one. No, they're there to volunteer. Yeah, yeah, I think they're like genuinely yeah. volunteering, and then who they... is like a regular at that? At yeah, the church. like they, yeah, like, they like she. But like, I guess I I guess I just to me my read was just like the implication was that she was just showing up and being selfish the entire time and being weird about I it. No, I think which, just, which yeah. is why like, which is why eventually the priest is like you can't come here and do this anymore. Like you're I think you're, not, you're not helping anybody. Well, he's the like that when they go it. to people's houses and like yeah. throw yeah. clothes all over the place. In front yeah, of I people. think the implication <laughs> is is not that like she's been doing it badly all the time. Just that like they were going to a bunch of people's houses and a bunch of them called and complained. They yeah, were, and I like guess I thought in that this... more as just like an escalation of how shitty they're maybe. being. Just the maybe, maybe. Well, I mean, they're I being guess, shitty. I mean, right. They are just like, like I think they were basically doing the job, if not doing it greatly. Like, yeah, probably. that's why everyone's yeah. looking at them because they're being like loud and joking and like sitting on the clothes and like throwing the bad ones out. Right. And it's like, then it, it does escalate to like you can't go to someone's house and like yeah, <laughs> rob yeah, them. Yeah. But then so there's also like, there's the, um, apparently the book, There's this was just like in some piece that I was mm-hmm. reading about it, uh, the book opens, because like the character's name is Eunice in the book, and it's like, the opening line is, Eunice the illiterate maid killed this family, <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's like <laughs> what the book is about, apparently. And then like, sure. <laughs> the sort of, the slow burn nature of how like everything comes to come to, mm-hmm. to be sure i think I like is like that. part of what is so intriguing about yeah it. um yeah but yeah i, I don't yeah. know i re- yeah because like i really like i love what all the like grocery business i think is like really <laughs> yeah. like, just like fun to watch like i don't know i just like have a lot of fun like i i, I find the like picture of this domestic life of like working of like what this life is like very interesting and mm-hmm. like I don't. I don't know why. Like the the crime elements just seem a little superfluous to me, even though it is like a true story and like the only well, yeah. reason that the movie is getting made. But um, then, like, the thing at the end is like they, as like, uh, you know, the dad goes to check on them and then gets killed. The mom, like Jesse was saying, is like, should someone go check on them? And the daughter's like, shush. Like I'm recording this. Yeah. <laughs> and like. Then yeah, they come in because they're watching, family. They're watching like, an opera. On, they're watching yeah, they're Don watching, Giovanni, yeah. which is like which is great. I joke, love it, and she's yeah. like following along with the libretto. I mean, truly, really, yeah. when they start playing it, and like it's showing, like you know, like the the, the TV, like here's what's playing, and it's like Don Giovanni. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! And like they're like playing it over the cars, and yeah. it's just like so sick. Um, yeah. And then uh, at the end of it, like there's this crazy thing where Huppert like leaves with the boom box and uh-huh. she's like they won't need it anymore yeah and she's like in her car that's been breaking down the whole movie and it like breaks down as she's leaving and she gets hit by a car by the priest and like the priest is the one by the priest yeah the <laughs> and it's like this crazy i mean it looks crazy what happens because like the glass on the windshield just shatters yeah. and you just see like the headlights and she like tips over and they like are putting her in a body bag and um one of the like cops or like paramedics or whatever pulls out the boombox yeah. and, and like is, hits play. And this and is as like as Sophie is walking by, like yeah, trying she's to like, like cleaned up everything, wipe down the guns, like clean up the house and everything, and uh, is like leaving. 
and she is on the top of this hill or whatever and the guys like say anything style like holding the speaker yeah. and it's like playing the opera and they're like this is in poor taste yeah. and then you just start hear hearing them talking over well, so it and i was like they, ah! the other thing is that before you start hearing them talking on the recording the credits start rolling so you're just yes, like oh yes. like it you have the thing where like he pulls out the boombox starts playing it they're like come on stop that the credits start rolling and you're like oh i guess that's it and then and you hear the you recording hear... of them it's killing so cool. people. <laughs> I really it love is... that moment. I was like, this is that's, so cool. That's a good moment. Yeah. It's a nice trick. Yeah. Like, a nice in any movie to just like, start... here's, they get yeah. caught. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just like, you hit the end and I was just like, oh, I wish that cohered uh, for me. Sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, again, like I don't, I, I don't begrudge anyone liking it. There's a lot about it I like. I'm just like, it's close. It doesn't yeah, I'm just, I guess I'm I just where I stand is more like, I think it makes me a little uncomfortable, but I think I enjoy that about it. I think that is like, I think it's sitting weirdly with me as an aspect of it that makes it like more interesting and like more entertaining. And I was sort of fascinated by watching it. It's like yeah. a movie I might think about in a year and be like, that, that movie was maybe great. And I just like- Maybe. Nothing like for I've been like I have been struggling to watch movies at home recently, and I'll say this one completely got my attention. I just watched it in one sitting. I mean, apart, apart from Criterion Channel buffering on me like nine times, <laughs> but apart from that, it's like a very engaging movie. Acting's it good, is, exciting at the end. It is like the thing of Jesse was saying of like I almost don't want to say this in a way that is disparaging because I've not seen any other. Chabrol films and this one I thought was like incredible but there is just like an element of the sort of like uh like gone girly yeah. like trashy airport yeah. novel where it's like it just goes down easy yeah, like it's if like this movie, a cool if, if there if Chabrol had made this same movie in English adapting this book it's like oh yeah people would have seen this and it would you know it would have probably done yeah. pretty well uh, I think you could probably yeah. still make this movie in English, and it would be yeah, pretty Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised it's not been, like... pop up on Hulu. I, I, uh, I watched, like, I, when I was, like, 20 minutes in, I was like, I haven't seen Stroker, but is this what Stroker is? Stoker. <laughs> Stoker. <laughs> Jeez, worse than Andy. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Uh, Stoker. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Uh, but it's like yeah it's like you there's for sure movies with like this sort of pitch and tone that are very entertainingly made and i and it, it's like it's pretty good it's like if i had to rate it i'd be like yeah this is an eight out of ten i really it's like very good yeah yeah i'd Any like to watch other thoughts? i'd like to watch other of his movies yeah i need I, to see more to yeah, roll this will sure. be a good mm-hmm. get me on the on the pill cool all right well are we are we ready on to uh move into uh special presentations sure Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think me and Andy both want to talk about. Uh, we've been yeah, watching we uh, the Staircase on HBO. HBO Max is the Staircase. Yep. Which it's I think a Max original. Yeah. I, is is it, that true? Yeah. Is it? Why the? We don't just make them all one thing. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I don't so know. you can't watch the Staircase on like if you have cable. Uh, well, if you have cable, if you have HBO on cable, you get HBO Max. Sure. Yeah. Um, but That's we don't crazy. need to get into. Yeah. It. No. 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 Uh, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I we have been watching it basically since it started. Uh, I I know yeah. I, it's it's staircase top, Thursdays. Yep. 
It's uh, Colin Firth as uh, Michael Peterson, who it's this very famous case where he says that he found his uh, wife at the bottom of a staircase uh, and is uh, then charged with her murder. Uh, it, it was made into a documentary called The Staircase, which the filmmakers are also characters. Um and right. yeah, I think originally I, I think aired on like Sundance, and then like something like eventually that. like it it was it moved to Netflix and yeah. like added three new episodes like yes. two or three years the, ago. Yeah, I think they updated it like over a period of time. Like when something yeah. would happen, they would put out an update. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean it. It is really interesting. It was weird for me that like. I the 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 point it the the best stuff I felt like was just like the very end of the last episode it like it doesn't strong it had kind of like been playing at different times with like stuff I mean there's a lot of stuff around just like counterfactuals and like shooting different ways of how Kathleen Peterson uh, who's played by Tony Collette could have died. But then it also, at the very end, like, starts, like, doing stuff of, like, mixing time periods, and, like, it starts kind of playing through that night again, but seemingly with them, like, having a conversation based on closer to the present. It's, like, very interesting, and I am, like, I wonder what it would be like if it had been willing to, like, kind of play with time and distort it a little more throughout the entirety of this not like necessarily every scene but just like more throughout the series than it did but like the stuff that it's interesting the stuff that leads up to that is still good i mean i said in my letterbox review like the specific way in which it is playing with time in that like very last scene or one of the last couple scenes like felt very theatery to me in a way where like I think it's sure, maybe yeah. easier to do when there's not like this sort of expectation of verisimilitude and like you're doing all this stuff with old age makeup like it is weird right. that like in that scene it seems like they know things from the present that like obviously she's not gonna have old maid makeup because she was dead but like he seems to be the version of himself who like has gone through all these things and yet doesn't have the old maid makeup that he has in other scenes it's very interesting uh and like hard to pull off and i think it mostly does which is why i was like oh i maybe would have liked more even though it would have like been so hard to do yeah and it's interesting because like it, I think, like, to do that stuff, it does require a certain amount of, like, understanding of the basics of this timeline and the story and everything. Yeah. Which, like, the right. series has to lay out. That makes so, sense. Like, yeah. And, like, it can't just assume that you everyone has seen the documentary. Right. Like, I mean, we had Which it. is, like, the more straightforward. Right, exactly. This was my yeah. first exposure. Yeah, to like, story. I think both of us um, were kind of avoiding the stuff that was coming out around it, because a lot of... It was a popular thing that was on Netflix for a while, but... Neither of us had ever seen it, and we were just like, sure, let's check this out. But there has been stuff that I was, like, finally reading about this afternoon where, like, uh, the filmmakers, both uh, the guy who directed and the editor who's played by Juliette Binoche were both, like... The the director was like, I did sell the rights to Encomio Campos, and I, like, kind of trusted that he seemed like he was on the level... 
and then there's stuff that's in the series that I'm not okay with, and then Sophie Burnett, the editor, was like, yeah, I didn't want to be in it, and then I just, like, got a call that was like, Juliette Binoche is gonna play you, and she wants to meet with you, and she was just like, I guess if they've cast Juliette Binoche, they're just gonna do it, it's not worth making a stink about. And then Michael Peterson, he was like, he has recently been like, yeah, I feel like I was exploited by the director who sold the rights, basically, to my family's story. He did, like, he, in the, like, letter he wrote to Variety, there's, like, a very recognizably from what we know of Michael Peterson from watching this thing, where he's like, there's things about me that are not true, which I don't really mind, and then there's things about my family that are not true, which I do mind, which, like, might be true, but gels with the sort of image of what you see Michael Peterson trying to project. Um, I also, there's this movie that I'd heard a little bit about that's premiering at uh, Tribeca called Subject that's, like, about the ethics of uh, documenting and, like, I think interviewing, like, famous documentary subjects. And apparently both he and one of his daughters uh, Margaret Ratliff, uh, who's played by, uh, uh, Sophie Turner, they're both in that movie, apparently, they're in, and, so that'll be interesting. It does, Um, it it seemed like it had, like, started, like, more of a, a discussion, because there's, like, other, uh, that, like, Variety had an article where they, like, interviewed other documentary filmmakers about it, and they were, like, even ignoring some of the stuff that's, like, in the, uh, series that isn't true. Like, there, what happens is that, uh, Sophie, this character who is editing the movie, becomes romantically involved with Michael Peterson, and the show kind of implies that that happened while the original series was being edited, it doesn't imply it. It, like, shows it and, like, shows one of the producers being, like, you need to take a step back, which that didn't happen. Apparently she did not write to him until the original series was done, but then there were these follow-up episodes that she was editing while they were in this relationship. Uh, Because, like, it came out, like Andy said, on Sundance, and then it came out, they, like, put it on Netflix when, like, the true crime, like, right. craze was happening. Which was, where there like, was, like, happening around the making time. Making a murder that, like, or whatever. Yeah, which, or, like, like, the jinx. Yeah, I think it went right. on to Netflix around the time that, like, he got this appeal based on this well, yeah. kind of technicality. And then there's, like, another update when, like, well, eventually and... he enters this Alfred plea at the end. We kind of just When they put it on Netflix, thing. there was, like, new stuff. Yeah, Because there was, right. like, like, three new episodes, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, and then uh, you, you talked about Campos. Yeah, Campos uh, had wanted to do it for a long time. He like first yeah. got the rights. I <coughs> uh, much close. I I want to say it was much closer because like I think in like maybe 2010 he first bought the rights and was gonna make a movie, and then there was like a thing about I think Sophie Brunette. Uh, I think I think the article says that she met him while she was doing the festival circuit because she was one of the editors of uh, Blue is the Warmest Color. And so they met wow. in, like, 2013. Yeah. 
That's a so thing that, like, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, the he, movie skips over that. Sure. He, yeah, he wrote, like, the first and last episodes. It has a creator credit. Mm-hmm. He didn't, like, show run the writer's room, as, as to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, a friend of mine, Emily <laughs> Kazmarek, uh, is a writer and producer on the series. Well, um, uh, do you and... know who else was a writer on it? Which I had no idea. Sebastian so Silva. I, this is the thing: is he? There's every episode has this Sebastian Silva story editor credit, and I was like, is it the same Sebastian Silva? Because it wasn't on his IMDb page when I first checked. It is right now. It that's is the now. One that it's so maybe it to. is him. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Which is cool. I feel like I heard he does. He had like a movie that was at premiered at Telluride. Was it either last year or 2019 that no one ever saw? I think he maybe has another movie. He's an he just interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense um, that he would be in that kind of Antonio Campos yeah. orbit. Right. Yeah. No. And yeah, Campos directed all but two episodes. And the other um, were Lee Janiac from yeah. Fear Street. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching the series. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. They aren't like every episode is like an hour plus. They're, they're very long, but like most, most of them do end with a thing where you're, and like some of them we've talked about, but some of them we haven't where you're like, yeah, there's a lot of like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like the reveal of of like how exactly Benoche plays into it. That's one, but there's other stuff that like, is that crazy? Right. Shout out to the owl theory. There's that. Yeah. Um, Emilio, yeah. do you have one? Or no. is there more on the staircase? No, no I no. think that's it. Yeah, we're check done. it out. No. Check it out. Yeah, I, I googled. I googled it quickly, but but it, like because I ba- it vaguely remembered it. But I think the last movie Sebastian Silva made that was at Telluride was like a Hurricane Maria movie set in Puerto Rico, or, is and it, it is. Huh. Yeah. Fistful of whatever was it Fistful called? Fistful of dirt. It's called. Right. 2018 on IMDb. Never like, seen it. Never know if it came out. I don't think yeah, it 2018. did. He, yeah. Weird. Like that, yeah. Um, so I was thinking of what to plug, and I decided this was something I forgot to plug last week, but I'll plug this week. Uh, friend of the show, C. House and Jan, uh, podcast co-host. Co-host of Bevy of Bevies. Co-host of Bevy of Bevies with uh, our old friend, Colin. Uh, she has another podcast called uh, Got the Runs, which is about comic books. Me and that Colin we've been on. have been on. I've been on twice. Uh, she, the podcast sort of runs through comic creators, like, sort of work. And they were doing Brian Lee O'Malley. And she released some episodes on the Scott Pilgrim series of books and then the movie. And I think they're great. They're very good episodes of the podcast. It's like, uh, they're very good dissection of what made those books work, what made the movie work, like what makes one thing work in contrast with the other, like issues they have with different parts of it. And they think uh, her and her brother, who are the co-hosts of that podcast, they're very good at talking about that thing specifically because they are from Ontario. So they have a lot of like very specific local like reference points and like connections to that book that I think are fascinating to listen to them break down and i think people should listen yeah yeah obviously an all-time great podcast title yeah yes uh did we ever talk about we did an episode of that podcast uh about the marjan Setrapi movie radioactive that played tiff 
<laughs> because they were doing uh, Marjan Satrapi's other, like, she wrote Persepolis, right. which was, like, the famous graphic yeah. novel, and then uh, started directing movies yeah. based on her own work. Uh, and then eventually made this radioactive movie, mm-hmm. Marie Curie movie, with <laughs> Rosamund Pike. That's, like, terrible. Yeah. Uh, I, if you can I, guess, not very good. I won a signed copy by her and Ryan Reynolds of The Voices. Oh, of The Voices? Yep. Wow. Uh, That's crazy. I watched it. I think it was fine. It was a long yeah. time ago. Um. Yeah, but yeah, you can Great listen podcast. to that. I was also on a episode where I talked about uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Private Eye. You should also listen to that. It's a good podcast. Yeah. You should listen. Colin? Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of listening, I'm something that I've been doing a lot lately is listening to the audiobook of Mark Harris's Five Came Back, which is great. It's a great listen. Um, I got like six hours left, um, so I'm most of the way through. I think it's like a... 20 or so hour audiobook um yeah. but it's great <laughs> a lot of who's the narrator do you know oh i don't know off the top oh. of the head but uh that's fine he, they're good like they're doing a good job um yeah you can sometimes get a weird narrator like i listened to the bonfire the vanities audiobook and that guy did like a lot of racist voices like <laughs> uniquely offensive voices for every single character and uh but this one i mean it's great just to like listen to all the stuff that was happening at the time, it's crazy. Like, um, there's a lot of good stuff about, like, Daryl F. Zanuck. Uh, everyone, like, sort of roasting him all the time, where uh, he's, like, too nervous, so John Ford calls him Daryl F. Panic. Uh, everyone who's, like, with him when he gets, like, orders uh, to be on, like, this film unit out in Africa uh, calls him, like, the Little Commando or something like that. And then he, like, makes this movie this documentary about like this battle that happened in Africa and like right publishes his memoir or it's like his diaries from the time. And everyone's like, you kind of try to make yourself the hero and you didn't do a lot. And it's like, your movie is not very good. Uh, and it's just like funny. These like weird little things that everyone does, like finding out what a weirdo Frank Capra was. And like all these guys who were just like competing with each other for best picture who are like, well, now we will go to a war, I guess. And it's, right. like, John Houston, And then, like, the funny stuff of, like, John Ford getting mad at John Wayne. Because John Wayne's just like, I'm going to go. I swear I'm going to go. I just have to make another movie. <laughs> and then he makes the movie. He's like, I can't go. They got me for another one. <laughs> and John Ford's like, I will pay you a movie salary to come <laughs> and be in the film unit with me. And he's like, oh, my hands are tied. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, like, John Ford That's getting funny. mad at him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a great listen. And I'm probably going to roll straight to, like, Pictures at a Revolution. Uh, yeah, I've I've read Pictures at a Revolution, which I loved. I loved that book, and I've read like maybe a couple chapters of uh, Mike Nichols, which I yeah. want to get back to. Um, yeah. uh, Just for yeah, Five Came Back has been the one that I like was less interested in, but I do I should check it out at some point. I mean, it's great. It's, there's a lot of just like interesting facts and like anecdotes because they're like everyone at the time was just like keeping diaries. There's this crazy story of William Wyler getting back. Uh, from wherever, like, uh, like Italy, I think, making some movie of, like, some, like, shooting war footage and stuff, and he gets back, and, like, this, uh, doorman at a hotel or whatever 
is like anti-Semitic towards him, so he just punches him out and instantly is like arrested and like uh, is gonna get court-martialed because he yeah. did this. And he's just like, these guys are crazy. Andrew um, Garman is the name of the narrator. Just sure. sure. <laughs> cool. I will just this is uh, sort of unrelated, but on the topic, I just realized I can do this. Uh, if anyone listening wants a copy of the Mike Nichols biography. I ended up with two for reasons that are too boring to explain, and I will send it to you for the cost of shipping alone. Uh, so get in touch with me on Twitter if you want that. Sure. Um, Can we just throw but, out, that out to one of the people who was? Uh, yeah. Probably would have. I have done that on. previously, and I feel like no one bit. But if you one of you want it, like let me know. <laughs> we can get. We'll talk off mic. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, the, I mean the guy. He does a good job. He has said. Frank Borzegi four different ways and I still don't know how you pronounce his last name sure but other than that it's a great book and I'd recommend listening to it and watch like uh, yeah, it, it made me want to watch like all the movies they were talking about so right. I'm gonna go I know there's a Netflix soon. series like three episodes they did a, they did a docu-series and yeah. they got a bunch and of the movies at the time I'm sure most of them are gone by now but like, yeah, yeah. They, I know they had like because they talk about like Battle of Midway and like Memphis Bell like all the propaganda sort of like at war shorts that they were all making, and mm-hmm. then um, I don't know. I'm my guess is Netflix doesn't have them, but YouTube probably does. Uh, but yeah, with that, should I get into our own plugs? Yeah. Yes. Um, if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at Can I Kick It. If you want to follow us on Instagram or Letterbox, it's at CIK Pod. I forgot to mention this last week. If you want to email us, you can at Can I Kick It Pod at Gmail dot com. Questions, comments. Mm-hmm. If you I was wondering Andy's why Mark the Harris inbox book. was so empty. This yeah, week. it was uh, cobwebs <laughs> for one week. Yeah. Uh, this episode was a listener pick from one of our yes. recurring uh, donors. So if you want to have the option mm-hmm. for us to go talk about a movie that you want, you can do that on coffeeko-fi.com slash K-N-I-C-A-N-N-E-S-I. If you're a recurring donor at any price, I believe... Uh, you'll get entered yep. into the running to pick a movie for us. Yeah, um, which we'll do. Did and we, we always appreciate. Yeah. What did we say? We do it like quarterly. Yeah, Something we like did that. one. We'll do it every couple months. Yeah, whenever we need an episode, maybe. And do we now? Uh, yeah. Do we do we now want to set what the number is for a donation that you will get the 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 first intro, the secret first intro to this episode? Sure. Uh, just just that person, right? Well, not yeah, like it doesn't the get public, publicly like. released, and we will ask you not to publicly release it. Uh, $25. I'm okay with that. Fair enough. I'd ask, I'd ask, it's, I'd ask for $35, I think. 35 That's... Great. It's $35. Sure. <laughs> All right. And you can do that at ko FI. Yeah, I write, know write that's in the notes the line that, where I'm that, like, right. 25 could happen, 35 will not. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is neither will happen. Probably. <laughs> but, right. uh, and I'm um, doesn't want it released. So, like, right, sure. And I feel like you've told the story to, like, everyone we know, Andy, so. Um, <laughs> write in the notes that that's what you want. If that's what you're, if you donate. Right. That, yeah, you know. leave it we'll in your in tip touch. note. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with that, I'm Cladgley on everything. C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. Andy? Andy T. Germ? Jesse? Uh, J-C-P-G-L-I-C-K-W-E-B-B-E-R. Wherever. And Emilio. 
I'm Laugh Alone on Twitter. I Laugh Alone on Letterboxd. And our theme song's by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. With that, go ahead, Jesse. I will release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.